and we back in this thing like we left something. Welcome back to my little podcast. <laughs> I got a story to tell. I thank y'all for coming back and joining me for another story this week. Hope you enjoyed last week's story. Y'all know how I do. Before we get going, I got to give somebody their flowers. And this week, I'm giving flowers to my nephew, Eric, a.k.a. Butter, a.k.a. Juice. Butter, I love you, boy. To see the young man you've grown into is amazing. With losing your father, my brother-in-law, I often wonder how you would develop, how you would turn out, how you would deal with it, or what type of man you would become. And to see that you've made it, persevered, um, withstood, and are withstanding everything that has come your way in life, fair and unfair, I'm so proud of you. The work you do is amazing with the camera whether it be you know taking photos or videography it's really and truly amazing to see the art that you put together i'm proud of you i love you keep going keep doing what you do and with that being said y'all i got a story to tell today let's go takes place uh, we're gonna do it different this week the day I fell in love with hip hop was July 11 1990 but to get to how I fell in love with hip hop we're gonna have to go back a little bit we're gonna go back to the day before that July 10th 1990 so at this time I'm 11 years old I'll be turning 12 that next month in August. I just finished my first year at CBA, Cincinnati Bilingual Academy. My older brother has just finished his first year of high school. Now, at that age, I'm trying to figure out a lot of stuff. I'm trying to figure out who I am, the young man I'm becoming. Um, I'm at that age where I'm, I'm searching for trying to be cool and all of that, right? So on this day, it's summertime, no school is in. And like most kids my age, when there's no school, you're just outside all day playing, you know, playing basketball, uh, throwing a football, uh, just walking around the neighborhood. So Duck and I, who I introduced y'all to on a previous episode called Guns and Getaway, Duck and I are just walking around the neighborhood where we live in the fair apartment. As we're walking around, we keep hearing people say, you going to the concert tomorrow? You going to the concert tomorrow? Now, I ain't know nothing about a concert, but I just keep hearing people talk about it. So, 
Duck's like, hey, we need to see if we can go to the concert. I'm like, what concert? He's just like, it's a rap concert tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I ain't give it a whole lot of thought, but I kind of wanted to go because I had heard about previous concerts. Now, at the time, as far as music, um, I really wasn't super big into hip hop. I would listen to, you know, whatever was popular at the time. So I knew what was out. But I would just listen to stuff that other people played or whatever would come on the radio. I had a Sony boombox that I got a year before that for Christmas that I kept in my room. On that boombox, I would listen to either the two black stations that we had in the city, which were WBLZ or WIZF that would play, you know, R&B and hip hop. But majority of the time, I would listen to Q102 or Warm 98. These were two stations that played like soft rock, um, you know, the 80s style shit, right? The reason I love the, the music they play so much, because I would listen to the music and it was almost like an escape for me. It would take my mind somewhere else, away from where I was. So that's what I would listen to a lot. My sister in the house the music she listened to was kind of, you know, it was a mixture of everything. You know, it would, of course, she would listen to, you know, Prince and Michael Jackson, uh, but she would also listen to, you know, Pet Shop Boys, uh, Boy George, Tears for Fears, Duran uh, Duran. She would listen to a, a mixture of everything. So I would, I would have that influence. My brother was strictly hip hop and R&B, so whatever he was playing, I would listen to that. My mother, she would play a little bit of gospel i mean it was it was very rare that she would play gospel in the house um she played more adult r&b the anita bakers luther stuff like that so that was the musical landscape of my house now at this time like i said my brother just finished his first year of high school you know i thought my brother was the epitome of cool I always wanted to be and hang around my brother. But around this time, he was on his asshole shit where he would be like, nah, every time he'd go somewhere, I'd be like, hey, let me go with you. Let me hang. Nah, go on, man. No. So I'm like, man, this nigga on some bullshit. The day that I remembered or could recall my brother being like super cool to me was when I was in fifth grade. I was 10 years old. He was in eighth grade in middle school at Gamble Middle School played football the team was amazing um, went undefeated all this shit right so i thought he was cool for that but the thing that took it over the top that made me feel like damn this nigga super cool i was in fifth grade it's a friday my sister who's older than both of us she's hanging out with her boyfriend tojo shout out tojo they're gone somewhere my mother was gone probably she had a boyfriend at the time This nigga named Kelly So she's probably gone with Kelly I don't know where my mother was that night But anyway I'm chilling in the crib Me and Duck At our house My brother kicks Duck and I out the crib He has this girl coming over She's from another hood Called English Woods Right So he has her through the crib We mad Cause we playing Nintendo He didn't kicked us out The young lady get over there go in he locks the door locks us out but i can look in the living room win living room window 
he got it pitch black in there. And the stereo that we had in the living room had a tape deck on it, right? This nigga's playing Key Sweat, make it last forever loud. So I'm looking, I'm peeking through the window like little badass brother I am. I'm already like, damn, he got girls coming by. And I'm looking through the window. They on the couch, you know what I'm saying? They all close. I'm like, oh shit, he getting girls. So that was the day I said, this nigga's the epitome of cool. And I just want to be around him and hang around. But like I said, at this time, fast forward back to he's finishing his first year of high school. He's not trying to hang with his little brother. So now that that's out the way, back to July 10th, 1990. I want to go to the concert. I'm 11 years old. I'm thinking, hmm, would my mother let me go to a concert? Probably not. So I've really put it out of my mind at this point. Later on that day, my mother says, hey, I got to go downtown to Shillitoe's. Shillitoe's department store that sat on the corner of 7th and Race downtown. She was like, I got to go down to Shillitoe's. You want to go with me? I was like, yes, ma'am, I'll go with you. So we hop on the 49 bus going downtown. Whole way down there, I ain't saying much. Like majority of the time I was on the bus, I would just be looking out the window, taking in, you know, the landscape, whatever was outside. Because anytime I got a chance to get out of the fair apartments and just see something else, like I was excited about that. And I relished those those moments. That was my escape. So I'm looking out the window. But as I'm looking out the window, I'm thinking to myself, damn, should I ask my mother about going to this concert? That's all I keep thinking. Should I ask? Her? We get down to Shillitoe's. We get off. We walking around through the department store. My mother's looking for stuff. Something said, go ahead and ask her. So I say, Ma. She said, yeah. I said, can I go to the concert? She was like, what concert? I was like, it's a rap concert down at Riverfront Coliseum tomorrow. Um, you think I can go? She was like, who you gonna go with? I was like, well, Duck and I can go together. And, you know, he said his mother could probably drop us off and pick us up if we go. She was like, Okay, so I'm shocked. I'm like, huh? She was like, yeah. So she buys two tickets and she's like, you know, well, his mom can just give me the money back, you know, when we get home. So I'm hyped. Oh, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, wow, she bought me the tickets. The whole way home, I'm looking out the window, but this is the first time I'm in a rush to get back home to the fair park. Oh, I'm in a rush. Any other time I would be like, damn, back to this, right? So get home. I go straight to Duck House. I'm like, hey, we got the tickets. So his mother's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll drop them off. I'll take them back, you know. Cool. So later on that evening, Duck and I are sitting outside. It's getting dark out. We just sitting on the front steps in front of his crib. He like, man, I can't believe we're going to the concert. I'm like, yeah. He was like, man, I'm going to see if my mother would take me up to Western Hills Mall to buy me some new Jordans. I was like, bet. I'm like, well, I'm about to go in the crib. So I go in the house. He goes in the house. I can barely sleep that night. I'm so excited. I've never been to a concert. Next day comes. I get up. In my mind, I'm like, damn, what I'm going to put on, what I'm going to wear. You know, I'm excited. I'm going through all these emotions. 
That afternoon, Duck's com Duck comes to the crib. He's like, hey, I ain't going. I'm like, what? He like, man, I ain't going. I'm like, why not? It's like, my mother said she wouldn't buy me no new J's. I'm like, where a pair you got already? You know, at this point, I don't give a fuck about no J's, nothing. I just want to go to the concert, and I know his mother's my ride. I know my mother's not going to let me go downtown by myself. Now, I've taken the bus all over the city of Cincinnati at this point. I've been taking the bus all over the city. Hell, since I was probably 19 years old or whatever. But she's not going to let me go in the dead of night downtown to a hip-hop concert by myself. And I got to catch probably the last bus home, right? So I'm disappointed. So I tell my mother, I said, hey, mom, uh, Doug says he's not going. She was like, nah, I'm like, nah. So I just go upstairs, right? Go to my room. She comes up. She was like, you want your brother to take it? I was like, you think he'll do it? Now, I'm saying that because every time I'd ask to go somewhere with him or anything, it was always no. She was like, I don't know. Let me see. So she asked. She said, you want to go to the uh, rap concert? You want to take your brother to the concert? And my brother was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'm hype again. Oh, hell yeah. It's on, right? So leading up to the concert, I'm walking around the house. I'm excited as can be. It's time to start getting ready. So my brother and I, we're sitting in the room. He's starting to get dressed and all that. He's telling me, he's like, hey, now when you get to the concert, you know, people ain't going to be sitting down just listening to music. People going to be up dancing, having a good time. You know, basically he's giving me the the rundown of how a concert operates. Right. Giving me the instructions of how shit going. He's getting dressed. I'm watching him. He puts on a green Jose Canseco Oakland Athletics jersey. The one with the big A on it, right? It's green. It has the, the yellow piping around the A, the sleeves, and the collar. Putting on some shorts, and he puts on some green suede champion sneakers. I'm like, oh, this nigga fly. So I'm excited as can be. We leave the crib. We walk over to the 49 bus stop. There's a lot of people from the neighborhood going, so it's a bunch of people. I'm young, though. Everybody else is a little older, so I'm just watching. I ain't saying much. I'm just watching. We get on the bus. We sit down. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm not looking out the window like my normal bus rides, watching outside. I'm just staring at my brother, watching him interact with all the other people. And I'm like, damn, this nigga's cool, man. Like, I'm so excited just watching him because I feel like, I'm in the company of somebody cool. We get downtown. We get off the bus. Walk down the Riverfront Coliseum. As we're walking in, my brother's telling me, he's like, hey, stay close to me. Don't be wandering off and all that. I'm like, I got you. We go in. We get inside the Coliseum. Go through the turnstile. We get inside. I'm like, oh, shit. Now, the only other time I'd ever been inside the Coliseum was to see the circus every year. Uh, ice capades and some high school basketball a couple times right so I'm like oh shit I'm excited we don't go to the seats that are on our tickets we go to some other shit <laughs> we ain't paying attention to them seats we go to some seats that are near like one of the tunnels right you know how arenas have tunnels underneath uh, the arena the, the stadium or whatever we sit right next to one of those. It's like on the side. It's not on the floor, but it's more on the side. So we get there. It's not a lot of people there. 
So I'm like, damn, this is not like I expected. But I'm like, cool, it's, it's an experience, it's, it's nothing. We're sitting there. On the bill for this concert, In Vogue is supposed to open up, but they're not there. The first act is a female hip hop group called Silk Times Leather. So they come out, they do a few songs, nobody's up dancing, the arena's not full. I'm like, wow, this is nothing like I thought it was gonna be. So I'm disappointed. I'm like, shit. They get done and there's a pause, there's a break. And I'm like, wow. Like I'm I'm really, I'm really upset, disappointed, you know, at the whole experience at this point. As the break is going on, Kid and Play, who are on the bill to perform that night, come out that side tunnel in the audience, like in the crowd. I know who Kid and Play are. They're kind of popular at the time. They dapping people up in the stands like, what's up, what's up, what's up? I'm like, oh, shit. This is my first time ever seeing celebrities, like a celebrity up close. Up to that point, the only famous person, and he wasn't even really famous, that I'd ever met was one time down at Riverfront Coliseum at the circus as a little kid. I went to the bathroom to take a piss and Jim Breach, who was a kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, was in there. Like that was the only experience I'd ever had with somebody who was, you know, famous, I guess. So kid and play out there, they dapping people up. I'm like, oh shit, like I'm excited. They go back out the tunnel. About another 25, 30 minutes pass. Lights go down, kid and play up on stage now, and they're performing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Still, there's not a lot of people there, but it's it's cool, it's cool. They get done performing. I'm like, all right. About 15 minutes pass. Next up on stage, Digital Underground with a young Tupac. They on stage, they doing songs and shit. I'm waiting for them to just to perform the Humpty Dance, you know. That's what they close the show with. So when that comes on, people are up, you know, doing the dance, the whole dance, damn, they're chopping niggas in the throat, you know, all that shit, right? So I'm like, all right, cool, it's getting a little better. They say, we're going to take an intermission. I'm still kind of disappointed, but I'm like, "Eh, okay, it's, it's all right. After about 30, about 30 minutes, the lights start coming down and people start coming in. Now it's getting packed. Now people are coming in. The lights are down, but they're not dark, dark. They're down a little bit. People start flooding in. I'm just watching the crowd like, damn, people starting to come in here now. I'm looking around. I see the dope boys walking in. Oh, they got the whole shit on, right? Niggas got on Gucci sweatsuits, Lacoste Sportif outfits, big jewelry with big charms on, big nugget rings and watches. Oh, they got the whole dope boy uniform on, right? Little bad little chicks with them, the prettiest girls they had with them, and they sitting up front. They walking up front because they got the bread, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, this is this is an event now. I'm like, okay, these niggas are here fly. So. Lights come down and a big-ass heart is on stage up in the air. I'm like, what is this? So slowly, the heart starts coming down with smoke coming from behind. I'm like, okay. 
type of shit is this? It comes all the way down. The heart gets down to the stage. And the doors open up on it. Heavy D comes out. I want somebody to love me for me, for me. The whole shit, right? I'm like, oh shit, that's heavy D. So I'm jugging, I'm dancing now. I didn't got up. Fuck all that sitting down shit. I'm, uh, uh, uh. I look over my brother, he two stepping. It. Uh, uh. I look down at the dope boys. Oh, they rocking. Big jewelry swinging as they dance with a drink in their hand. Little pretty girls with them, they dance. Uh. Uh, I say, oh shit, this shit off the hook. So I'm going bananas. Heavy deep dancers back there, they killing it. Uh, uh, uh. I say, oh shit. Heavy D kills it for his set, right? Shit comes all the way down after he get off stage. Niggas hype, hell yeah. I'm like, oh shit, this is what I'm talking about. I'm cheesing in the air. I'm like, ah, I can't believe it. All of a sudden, the lights go black. I'm like, oh shit, it's pitch black in there. Then you see these lights going around and around, almost like how police lights would look as they, you know, rotate around and the lights bouncing off of the whole stadium, right? The Coliseum. But they're white lights, they're not red lights. And you hear a siren, like the siren's going. I'm like, damn, what the fuck is this about to be? And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm just watching all of this, right? As the lights are going around, they hitting off of the ice on the dope boys' jewelry. I'm like, ooh, them niggas shining, you hear me? So I'm like, oh shit, what is this about to be? And the DJ's up there. It's a DJ on there and he, that's all he doing. That little scratch that, and it's making that sound and I'm like, shit. So the sirens are going, the lights is going, the and I'm like, and this shit going on for it seemed like forever, but it's probably two or three minutes, right? And it's and then the siren stop, the light still going though, and the still going, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I just hear a nigga like it's like playing over the speakers, it's like a speech, and I'm like, hmm, the hell? I know the voice is Jesse Jackson, so I'm like. Type of and Jesse Jackson just talking and talking and talking and talking, but the DJ still he doing that right. All of a sudden, everything stopped and Jesse still talking, and I'm like, oh, nigga, I ain't come for a sermon. I want the hip hop shit, right? Jesse start talking and he stopped. They pick Jesse back up again. He say, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. I don't know what this world is coming to. And you hear that. It, 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 yes. The rhythm, the rebel and public enemy comes out. Raider jacket, Wrangler jeans, the S1Ws coming out. They on they fruit of Islam movement shit, right? Flavor Flav, big dumbass clock just to let you know what time it is. He come out, he on this Flavor Flav shit, right? Chuck D out there killing that shit, right? He is killing it. They performing rebel without a pause, right? One of the greatest P.E. songs ever. Nigga. And he going through the whole thing. Uh, uh. It has turned into lovey-dovey, fun hip-hop into a conscious black rap concert. Niggas ain't jugging and dancing no more. Niggas pumping their fists like, you know, go, 
go, go. You know what I'm saying? It didn't turn into a black rally all of a sudden. I'm like, oh shit, nigga, this is crazy, right? Terminator X up there doing his shit. And that, you know the part of the song when he say, Terminator X, uh, 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 and he get the Terminator X, he killing that shit. He get to the line where he say, simple, lip plain, give me the lane. I'll throw it down your throat like Barkley. When he gets to that, they cut the music and he's just doing the acapella. Niggas is rapping word for word. And I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. This is bananas. I can't control myself. I'm overcome with emotion. I'm, yeah, I'm going crazy. Terminator X is going on a show. He's killing that shit. He's doing all that shit, right? Public Enemy destroys the shit. They bring the house down. I'm like, oh my God. They close out the show. Show is over with. I've had an experience that's unlike anything ever. My brother and I walking out. Now we got to run all the way to the 49 bus stop to catch the last one because the last one run at like midnight. So we can't miss that because if we miss it, we ain't got no way home. Me and my brother running. We running. He come on, man. Come on. We running and laughing, laughing and running. My heart still beating fast, right? From the, just the excitement of the show. We running. We run across Fountain Square. We get to the bus stop just in time. Get on. We get in. We sit, sit down in our seats. I'm breathing hard, but I'm smiling. I'm, oh, man, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. The whole way home, I don't say shit. I'm just watching my brother in the hat. And this nigga so cool. And he's acting like he's been here a thousand times. Like he's not excited like I am. And I'm just watching like, damn. This nigga's dope. We get home, go to sleep. I had so much emotion. I'm like, damn. They say that hip hop is the story of the rusty fort trying to eat like the silver spoon. And I learned that. There's no other art form that it had ever made me feel like that in my life. It was and it is what hip hop is. Where you can go from party and lover boy dancing to feeling like a proud black person. Your consciousness on another level. All that shit. That's what that show was about for me. Hip-hop is... A little bit of everything. It's... Fun, dancing... Ladies... Pro-black... Conscious... uh, Bragging... All of that shit. And I learned that that night. In July 11th... 1990 was the day I fell in love with hip hop.